Well, so far in uh, this Seven Habits series, we've, been covered the fir- we've uh, covered the first two, engage in worship and serve on the team. And today we finish up what we call the big three with habit number three, connect in a small group. We call these first three habits the big three uh, because they are the main programmatic things we do each week. And they're the main things that we are calling uh, FCCers to participate in. If you will be engaging in worship, serving on the team, and connecting in a small group on a regular basis, then we believe you will be well on your way to growing in Christ, to become who God created you to be. It's like we say in Next Steps, we're real serious about this. Welcome to your growth. Like, this isn't the place where, like, we're, 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 we're going to be cool letting you be comfortable being a consumer. We're a place that says, like, this is what it means to grow. We put it in real easy to understand terms. Engage in worship. <laughs> serve on the team. Connect in a small group. And we could keep going through the seven. We will for the next few weeks. So we're a place that wants to be real straightforward about saying, God has a vision for you to become a fruitful disciple maker. That's what God's vision for us is, you individually, us corporately. And we actually believe that your joy is found in saying yes to that vision for your life. Over against all the other competing visions that you've grown up with, that you may have on the inside, that you've got in mind. You may think, my vision in life is to achieve a kind of certain material security and status where I can take care of my family. As if that means bringing them under the the, the kingdom of God. It doesn't. We have all these competing visions for our lives. If I can just be like educated enough, if I can know enough stuff and have enough degrees in my name, people will, will give me this sense of like purpose doctor, or whatever it is, <laughs> right? Like, like that's going to get you there. But these are competing visions. That doesn't mean that we don't want you to have a secure home or financial stability or an actual place where your kids, you know, are fed and well taken care of. That's cool with us. Don't worry. But if that kind of vision is at the expense of God's vision for you becoming a disciple maker who finds joy in having God work out what he's worked in you so that you can see people know Jesus and you can experience that joy. If it's at the expense of that, then there is a competition. There's a competing vision that you need to make some decisions about. So we're upfront about saying, listen, welcome to your growth. Welcome to becoming, if you will say yes to this trajectory of the seven habits in your life, welcome to becoming, we believe, in biblical terms, who God made you to be. And that's a sweet spot of satisfaction and contentment and joy and fruitfulness that God has for you if you will say yes to it. So today is going to be a smidge different than it's going to be actually a lot different than normal, um, because in the first few minutes here in Ephesians 2, I'm going to give you a quick sermonette. uh, Functionally, it's a devotional thought, um, but we'll get at it. And and then we're going to give you three uh, three types of small groups in which you can connect. We're keeping this real practical today. So you'll get an overview of the three types of small groups that we have. And then we're going to interview Chris Oaks, who is our life groups director. He's going to come up and he's going to give us some color um, and, and, and tell us more about the importance of life groups. So that's the plan for today. Cool? Cool? Cool. Cool. Just kidding. Like once was enough, weirdo. Okay. 
Jump in, Ephesians 2, starting at verse 19. Cool stuff here from the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Christians at the church in Ephesus. He starts out by two words, so then, verse 19. He says, so then, meaning (laughs) because of Jesus, you were dead, now you're alive, right? So then, because of that, keep reading, you are no longer strangers and aliens, meaning you're no longer uh, homeless, purposeless outsiders who are lost in your in your sin and your trespasses. All right. So because of Jesus, you are fellow citizens. You are no longer strangers and aliens, but keep reading verse 19. You are fellow citizens with the saints, with the rest who call God father and members of the household of God. Now, press pause. Paul is saying here to the Christians in Ephesus, he's saying, because of Jesus, you were dead, now you're alive, because of the Spirit of God in you, because of the death of Jesus. Because of Jesus, Paul is saying, you are now part of a new family, along with all others who call God Father. It's like saying, in more specific and literal and deeper terms than I think we typically think of, it's like saying you have a new home, no really, a new identity, no really, and a new father, no really. (laughs) You see, this isn't just here some sort of nice-sounding metaphorical picture of what it's like to call God father. Paul is Paul's working out the practical implications of the truth of what it means to be in Christ. He's saying, this is who you are now if you have Christ. Paul's not making this up. Jesus himself said this. Who are my mothers and brothers? Jesus said. Whoever does the will of my father is my family, he says. So, because of Jesus here, you are now a citizen of heaven because you are being, keep, keep reading verse 20, you are being built on, you have been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In other words, if you are a part of this new family in this new kingdom and you have faith in Jesus, it's because, think about this, someone else before you that you knew that you had a relationship with knew Jesus And the reason they knew Jesus is because, think about this, someone with whom they were in relationship with, in connection with, knew Jesus. Think about this. Don't worry, we're not going to go forever. But it goes all the way back to Jesus himself. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So it goes back, it goes back, it goes back. And he's the one, keep reading verse 21, he's the one in whom... In Christ, in whom the whole structure, the whole kingdom of God, the whole family, the whole structure, key phrase for us today, being joined together, put that in your pocket, we'll come back later, being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22, summary statement, he says, in him, in Jesus, you also, that's a plural, all these you's are, they're all y'alls, all these plurals. Of yous are all y'alls. So in him, every one of us who calls God Father is being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Meaning, people held together by Jesus as head are the building. Now, here's the main takeaway today. Look at verse 21. I love this. This is so good. Simmer on this. 
It says the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. The whole structure, key phrase, being joined together grows. It doesn't say the whole structure being loosely affiliated um, by the commonality of being under the same roof every once in a while in worship with other people that you know their names grows. It says the whole structure being joined together with their in Christness together grows. Friends, connection, interrelational, interpersonal connection is a God-designed context for your growth. Connection with other believers in Jesus is a God-designed context within which you can be built into a dwelling place where God lives by his spirit. That is amazing. God designed other people in relationship with you who have Jesus in them to be with you the place where you can become a place where God lives by his spirit. Increasingly like Jesus. Connection with other people is a God-designed context for your growth. We believe that to be part and parcel of who we are. That's why we say connection happens in a small group. Now, I get it. I get it. (laughs) Relational connection uh, can be scary. Let's just be real about this. Once you've lived long enough to experience a decade or two of reasons to distrust people, which means you're probably about 20, you begin to feel justified in your refusal to connect more deeply with other people. Right? We're just talking about like reality for us here. You begin to feel justified in your refusal to connect with other people deeply. I'll get there someday. I know that's a lovely goal. I realize that's a good thing for me. Comma, but I have decades of distrust that I'm going to hold on to more than the vision I know that helps me become who God made me to be. Friends, ultimately, ultimately, we reap what we sow when it comes to our relationships. Ultimately, we reap what we sow when it comes to our relationships. This is why we say here at FCC, you don't just like stumble upon amazing Christian connection and community. You don't just like sort of discover it out of nowhere. That's not how it works. Like, you don't just happen upon it. Sure hope it happens here. Sure hope it happens here. Sure hope it happens here. You don't discover it, you create it. Real, meaningful, personal connection is something that we create together. You don't just stumble upon it. And it happens for us in the context of small group relationships. So, sermonette over. Let's talk practical. Here at FCC, we have three types of small groups that are opportunities for personal connection. And we're going to go fast and it's going to feel like drinking from a firehouse. Don't worry. Fire hose. Don't worry. Uh, We can tell you more details later. But I want to give you some overview. Two of these are temporary groups. One of them is ongoing. The first is called life groups. It's the ongoing one. Life groups are sermon-based groups of 12 to 15 
that meet in, in homes all over Greene County each week. There are three main elements that give these groups power. PWR, P, prayer, W, word, R, relationships. Three things, prayer, word, and relationships. A typical night is 45-ish minutes of talking through the sermon study questions that we have each week in our worship guide. Another 20 minutes, uh, 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 sorry, another 45 minutes of dinner and relational time and connection and usually another 20 minutes or so of prayer time. So prayer, word, and relationships is what makes that a context for growth. We have groups with openings right now. At both campuses, plenty of room for everyone who is ready, willing, or even kicking and screaming to be in a life group. We'll take kicking and screaming. We're good. Second thing, this is one of the uh, temporary ones. doesn't last forever. It's called Regeneration. Regeneration is all about growing in gospel-centered identity in Christ. That's how we say it. That's the tagline for it. Growing in gospel-centered identity in Christ. It is our main discipleship training environment. It teaches you a biblical method for care for your soul and for the souls of others. It uses a 12-step recovery model that leads you, this is really cool, it leads you through the process methodically and deeply of applying the gospel to your own life. It's super great stuff, y'all. It is secret sauce for how we develop healthy followers of Jesus at FCC. Don't mistake it. It is secret sauce for developing healthy and deep followers of Jesus who understand the gospel, have applied it well to their own lives, and then have a method and vocabulary for applying that to the souls of others. Our healthiest people at FCC have gone through Regen. Don't for a second think, oh, it's a recovery thing. It's for people who are in addictions. It's for people who are in substance abuse. Duh, it's for them. Duh. You're addicted to sin. You qualify. If you're addicted to sin in any form or fashion, you qualify. <laughs> All right, enough of that. So, Regen's good. Come to it. It would be a really good place to start your small group journey here at FCC. It takes about a year. It happens on Monday nights. We have child care here at this campus, Greenville campus. We have two staffers who oversee Regen. Allison Stolenmeyer is Director of Connections and Recovery. And then Tyson Hodge, Greenville campus pastor, is the men's director for Regen. So you can talk to them, talk to someone in the hub uh, if you're interested. Third type of small group that we have that's also a temporary one is marriage ministry groups. We have three of them. Um, this is going to become confusing, but don't worry. We can tell you more later if you're interested in it. Three types, pre-marrieds, zero through three years, over three years. So, <laughs> merge is pre-marrieds, whether you're actually engaged or you're considering it, just seriously dating. It's an eight-week curriculum. It's really great because obviously it leads you through biblical uh, ways of thinking about what marriage is for. It's for your holiness, not your happiness. Those kinds of things. And it pairs you up uh, with a, a veteran couple. Uh, who's been through this curriculum, who's been married for a long time. It's a really great uh, mentoring relationship. For uh, the middle, it's called foundation groups. That's zero through three years. It's a 15-month-long um, curriculum that cycles between curriculum and fun uh, every week. So in a small group with other young married, zero through three years. And uh, it's a really great curriculum because it cycles between curriculum that talks about how to be married uh, 
with Christ at the center, and then it also does the fun stuff on a, every other week. So um, it's a great format. Thirdly, re-engage is for anyone who's been married more than three years. It's a, an 18-week marriage enrichment curriculum. It's kind of like Regen Light. Um, it's for people married more than three years. Uh, you can get more deets at FCCGreenville.org, FCCMarriages.org as well. So there's an overview, drinking from a fire hose, of the three ways that we do connect in a small group. So I want to ask Chris Oaks to come on up. He is our Life Groups Director. He's going to join us on stage here. Um, life Groups for us, um, as we've talked about already, are the main um, ongoing place where relationships and connections happen here at FCC. Uh, we also have Reengage. We also have uh, Marriage Ministry, uh, which are other important things. But Life Groups are the main place where ongoing relationships happen beyond this particular context. So, uh, thank you. So we're going to sit down and uh, talk with Chris a little bit. So, Chris. Hey, Scott. Hi, Chris. Hey, can I invite you to a life group? Um, yes, you can, Artie. Have mine right here. Oh, okay. uh, make sure you pick up an invite card on the way out. Hey, friends. Uh, Chris Oaks, Director of Life Groups. Give us some color on the importance and value of being in a life group. All right, so I read recently that uh, uh, numerous studies confirm that it's not the quantity of friendships that you have uh, that add value to your life, but it's the quality of a few relationships that actually matters. And so they uh, did this meta-analysis of a lot of studies of relationships, and I found this interesting. Studies of loneliness, researchers found that... uh, Living with air pollution increases your odds of dying early by 5%. Living with obesity increases your odds of dying early by 20%. Living with a teenager by 80%. Just kidding. That that wasn't actually documented. Uh, It should be. Um, But excessive drinking increases the likelihood of you dying early by 30%. Living... Lonely increases your odds of dying early by 45%. Relationships matter. Uh, Psychologist Jordan Peterson said in his latest book that most people are more likely, think about this, they're more likely to make sure their pets take their medicine as prescribed than they are themselves. And that got me thinking about how many of us are committed to our kids being on a team or in a group, we won't hardly miss a practice. Uh, but then we won't commit to being in a group ourselves, even though we hear things like this and we know it will benefit us. Now you're meddling. And the benefits <laughs> are huge. Yeah. So are you suggesting that having my kid in travel soccer is killing me? Yes. Just the expense alone is killing me. But uh, seriously, though, um, I, I do think it's ironic um, I think many adults who take life seriously and are thinking, let me be a responsible, <laughs> productive human being, uh, struggle with some version of this, uh, whether it's kids or otherwise. It's easy for us to focus on um, taking care of our kids' success or other things like that um, at the expense of our own health. Um, so we want to make sure that we have places like life groups um, that are helpful for us. So. Um, how have you seen some FCCers benefit from that kind of meaningful connection? I'm glad you asked. Um, I'm just bunch of ways. Following the script. Bunch of ways. <laughs> uh, but let me use my life group for an example. We've started a life group about a year and a half ago, 
And uh, LT and Teresa Gibson and their amazing boys, Joe and Isaac, started coming to FCC about a year ago. And pretty soon after, they jumped into our life group. Um, and uh, a couple months ago, LT unexpectedly lost his father uh, to a heart attack. And uh, so we found out about it early on a Friday morning. Uh, that's really tough. And so our life group jumped in. We began praying. We, uh, one, of, one of our members met them at the hospital. Uh, we began showering them with love. That night we ordered pizza and sent it to their home so they wouldn't have to worry about food. Uh, the next day was the, fu- the funeral home visitation. We took food there. We, we were present there. The following day was the funeral, and we were there and at the gravesite. And then even beyond that, just continually to continue to walk through with the Gibson family that grief. And, and it's not easy. It, it's, it's certainly not easy for the family. Uh, but that burden, we want to share that. We want to help uh, carry that burden. And um, so we continue to walk with them and we continue to, to check up on them. Um, I watched a lot of that happen in that particular circumstance. And of course, you know. I do those kinds of things with people. I'm helping support them and do the best I can here and there. Um, but the care that that family got <clears throat> outstripped what any single person or pastor could do times 20, y'all. Listen, it's fundamentally important for you to be in connection with other Christians who can care for you. Um, so they did a great job of that. Um, their life group totally legit rocked it. Um, and that's an example of how our structure actually is called to work. Um, the front lines of care and connection for you happen as you serve on the team and as you connect in a life group or in a small group. Um, Those are the contexts that care for you best. Um, So we want to make sure that everybody who can and wants to be a part of a growing body of believers to become who you're called to be can experience that. And so that's a great example of that. Tell us more stories of connection, Chris. All right. Our newest uh, member to our life group is the Larson family and their three amazing kiddos. And uh, they moved to Greenville, Green County um, last summer. And they moved from Colorado without knowing a soul, literally just looked up on the map where they would might have a, a, a better life, a more um, a, a better chance to raise their kids. And they found Greenville. And so the Larsons started coming to FCC once they got moved. It was different than their previous religious tradition, but uh, they enjoyed being welcomed and they they loved the friendliness of our church. And so they stayed around. But after several months, they they hadn't really connected. They hadn't really engaged with with other people. And so fast forward a few months to January, they decided to go to Next Steps. I'm not sure if you all have ever heard about Next Steps, but it happens at 1045 every Sunday. It's going on right now. Both campuses. Both campuses. And uh, so they attended Next Steps. And uh, a couple from our group named Lynn and Jayma Doty were being table hosts in Next Steps. And uh, they got to know them uh, over the weeks as they went through the sessions. And the Larsons were actually pretty forthcoming about... Hey, moving here and not knowing anybody is really taking a toll on our marriage. It's taking a toll on our family. And we're not even sure that we're in the right place. And so the Dodies, you know, their their ears perked up because uh, we're all about connecting. And so they went out to eat with them and then they introduced them to us. We said, why don't you come be a part? So they joined our life group. And um, I'm not sure this is an exact quote, but I think what they said is our life group is the best thing that's ever happened to them in their entire life now. <laughs> Uh, can I can I be in your life group? No, no, Just you kidding. can't. Just kidding. Um, 
But uh, the Larsons, they have said repeatedly that the connection that they've made and finding people in the same life stage, because we, we do try to get you in a life in a life group that is similar life stage with young kids or maybe retired or however that, that would work for you. And uh, they've repeatedly said this is this has been a lifesaver for us. This has been important. And the Larsons, uh, Krista and... Carl. Carl, yeah, yes. uh, him. He, uh, they, they've both said that they've also gone through reengage, which Scott already talked about, and that that did tremendous work for them as a couple in making these transitions. Uh, they just recently purchased a home, uh, or they're in the process of purchasing a home, so they're they're laying down roots, and that's really because they got connected. So for us, life groups is a part of um, what we do to develop leaders. Uh, they're life group leaders, and in many groups, they're apprentices. And uh, so that's a part of our system on the inside that we may not talk about a whole lot out loud. Um, but I want you um, to talk a little bit about what you've learned by being a life group leader and talk about the experience of being a leader a little bit. All right. Well, I'd never want you to tell the people in my group, so um, keep it quiet. But Okay. Um, the friend they, they they repeatedly talk about how much they've been blessed to be in our group, but we're the ones that me and Crystal we're the ones that have been blessed uh, to be able to walk alongside them and to get to know them and to go to Dollywood with them and just to do life together and then to serve alongside them to serve them and to pray for them daily and to go through the ups and downs of life. That's what it really means to be a part of the kingdom of God to us. And we're finding that out more and more and more. So um, that's a little bit of a window into how we use all of our structures as leadership development places, contexts. Uh, another thing that we've begun to do is use as many of our environments as possible for outreach. And so a lot of our life groups have begun to take on service projects or, or, or little things like that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that's begun to emerge in yeah. some of the groups? Yeah, last year we began pushing uh, a lot more than we had for uh, service to the community and doing projects together to begin in uh, life groups. And uh, so one of my favorite stories is we've got a group of young guys that meets every week and they're led by Nathan Dickerson and uh, they found out about a lady in the church recently who was uh, in need of, of some help. She was moving from her home to a new apartment and uh, so they got together, showed up, uh, helped her move all of her furniture and belongings and then they prayed with her, they've They've walked beside her. They've even uh, committed to helping her get her car online to try to sell it to get her into a newer, more dependable vehicle. Um, so I, I love uh, I think those are some of the guys on the screen. I love the thought of how they just rallied around somebody who was in need and could use help. That was that was one of us. So, um, but lest you think, as I tell that story, that that's just something uh, young whippersnappers do. Um, let me tell you about the Thompson group. Oh, Dale and Karen yeah, Thompson. Uh, they they lost their life group leaders uh, to the mission field. God called them to the mission field, and so their group was in need of a leader. So they volunteered to temporarily step in and lead that group. And they're now in their fifth year of temporary leadership <laughs> for that life group. And uh, so 
I, I love this group because they love, uh, they enjoy serving together. And so when I send out an APB to, for life group leaders, I said, tell me what, what y'all have done together. Karen sent back, she blew up my phone is what she did. She sent back a list. And let me just tell you what it said. It said the Thompson group has recently uh, helped inspect and pack Christmas box cartons at Boone, North Carolina for our Operation Christmas Child. Helped prepare and serve meals for Green County Special Ed teachers. Chucky Doak College and Career Night. Chucky Doak Christmas Band Concert, Chucky Doak Graduates Lunch, Greenville High School 8th Grade Night. They've uh, done cards of appreciation for teachers at GHS for the last day of school. They've had a work day at Locust Springs Thrift Store to make room and stock for Christmas. They've collected and sent clothing to Orphanage in Honduras. They've helped with Church Work Day because Dan Enright is in their group. They've had a Christmas party hosted by the Audingers, uh, and that's just what she listed. This group loves serving, and they consider it an awesome joy to be together and to do what they love to do most, which is be in relationship. That's awesome. And uh, it's a high bar. Um, So tell us about um, something that we've done a couple times we want to tell you about. um, Because people often ask, how do you start new groups? What's that process look like? Um, there are a few ways we do it, but tell us a little bit about leadership life groups. All right. Leadership life group is something we do occasionally when we're looking to launch more groups, have more prepared leaders. Uh, so it's a six-week to eight-week based leadership uh, group, uh, which gives you a taste of what life group is like. Uh, if somebody's n- new to FCC or if somebody's new to Christianity, you can find out what a life group is like, what it feels like, and, and what goes on behind the scenes, what's required of a leader or an apprentice leader or a host uh, if you want more information about what those terms mean, I think you can find it out. Next steps. 1045. Both campuses. Both campuses. All right. So um, we had at the beginning of 2019, we had a leadership life group for Greenville led by Tyson, the campus pastor. Afton uh, leadership life group was led by Tommy, campus pastor over there. And uh, we we just went through and, and actually we're more ready now to accommodate new members and new growth to life groups than we've ever been in the history of FCC. We've got people waiting as demand presents itself for more and more people to become a part of a life group. And if I had more time, I would uh, tell you about the Bramans and the Berries. Uh, they are. Listen to this. They both lived in New York about an hour from each other, never met each other, moved to Greene County and bought houses right next door to each other after they retired. And uh, so they, they one began to come to FCC, invited the other the other couple. They started coming to FCC. They jumped into region. They jumped into a leadership life group and they said, hey, we can do this. We'll co-lead a group. And so they started co-leading a group. And here's what I, I love telling this story. Their group is almost entirely made up of people who are new to the area that are coming to FCC now. And you talk about meeting up in the right life stage and building friendships. And they love, they just have a ball getting together. And we love to see that group. And uh, if I had more time, I would tell you about uh, a lady named Sheila Belcher who approached me last summer and said, you know, I really would like a life group that had other single ladies in it. And I said, well, that would be awesome too, Sheila, but we don't have a leader for that group right now. And so I began uh, talking to her every once in a while over, or through the fall. And then I invited her when we, we knew we were doing the leadership life group. I invited her to be a part. I said, just just pray about it. There's no commitment to it except coming to the leadership life group. But you don't have to commit to being a, a, a leader just to see what see if God might lead you in that direction. She began praying and thinking about it, said, ah, 
can't hurt anything just to be a part. So she came to the leadership life group and uh, she she um, at the, the final night of our life group uh, training, I walked up to her and I pulled up a list on my phone that I had of 12 or more ladies uh, that could use connection in a life group. Uh, and I and I and I said, here's here's the need, Sheila. And I am pumped to say that in April, Sheila started a ladies life group for the Greenville campus, even though in her own words, she never, ever thought she would lead a life group. That's great. That's great. Um, God will use your faithfulness. You don't have to. You don't have to know it all. Um, Sheila's but just faithful. And if you know Sheila well, then you know she loves being called out in front of hundreds of people publicly. So good job, Sheila. <laughs> uh, she she did she did say that same thing to me a few times. Like I never ever thought, um, but we knew she'd be, be great, and she did. She she has been doing great. Um, she gave into the process, and uh, so that's why we say welcome to your growth. If you'll if you'll say yes to it. Um, it's available and ready for you there. Uh, sometimes, though, growth feels slightly like embarrassment, Sheila Belcher, in front of hundreds. So um, we, uh, we have many great leaders at FCC. Chris is one of them. Um, tell us a little bit about your own um, experience of leading and coaching them. Right. This, this, is, this has been amazing. I've been on part-time staff now for almost a year and a half. And I was behind the scenes even before that. But being able to coach, we've got so many great leaders at FCC Aft and FCC Greenville. And being able to coach and lead and teach and pray for them is, is a highlight of my week. I, I lo- look forward to it. I love it. And, and I hope that you'll be willing to, to just try it out. As Scott said, you don't have to be committed to that one that you go try the first time, but we want you just to get a taste of what co- community is like because this is real life. This is how we do week to week and day to day living, uh, caring for one another the way Jesus taught us. Yep, that's right. It's a blast. Thanks, Chris. I'm pumped. Thank you. Uh, Chris does a really great job of uh, leading us and uh, coaching the life group leaders. Uh, so if you're interested in hosting, being an apprentice, um, if you're willing to uh, learn to be a leader, um, he's your guy to talk to. Um, life groups would be a great place. It is, as we've said, it's a God-designed context for your growth. And it's the main place for us here at FCC where actual relational connection happens uh, beyond here. For us, it's our bread and butter for connection at FCC. Because uh, let's be real about it, y'all. Connection in those meaningful kinds of ways interpersonally is not going to happen for an hour or two on a Sunday morning. Uh, so we have numerous groups available at both campuses. Uh, if you're interested, just check a box in the connect card. Someone in the hub can talk to you. Uh, we'll get you connected in the right small group. And uh, let me just mention this. Uh, we're going to pray and be done here in just a second. One more thing to mention. If you've tried a life group and for some reason the first one didn't quite work, uh, for whatever reason, time of day, kids, life stage being different, whatever the case might be, uh, don't give up, don't sweat it. Life groups uh, that have open spaces in them are used to having people check them out. Uh, so it sometimes takes two, uh, three, 27 attempts. I'm just kidding. We don't even, we don't even have that many. Um, but it takes a little bit to, to find the right fit. So don't feel too weird about that. I just want to say that out loud so everybody's aware of that. Um, keep trying, keep working at it. Cause listen, it's like we say, you do not just 
stumble upon amazing uh, fellowship with other believers. Uh, you create that. You create friendships. Uh, and so we believe that fighting for um, a, a context of relationship where you can grow into Christ's likeness, we believe that's worth it. We believe that's absolutely worth it. Let's go ahead and pray, friends. Father in heaven, we submit to you again, afresh, anew, in our hearts and in our minds. We lay claim to the truth that you teach us in your scriptures, that you know better for us than we do for ourselves. And that the tentacles of that truth go way beyond just admitting that we're sinners in need of a Savior. It extends into all those nooks and crannies of our lives where, where fear keeps us from saying yes to the process you have for us. So, Father, we ask for courage to push through. We ask, Lord, that you would um, help people in the quiet of this moment to say yes to a context where relationships can be built. Father, we ask that you would make of us a body of believers. We're like the early church. People look at the relationships that we have with one another. And it becomes a witness as they look at those relationships and they say, they love one another. They care for one another. Father, make of us a body of believers where that is true. Make of us a body of believers where that is true. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Friends, the reason that connecting in a small group is a piece of our DNA here at FCC is because connecting, communion, fellowship is a piece of the gospel. It's the heart of the gospel. See, it's, it's our sin that wrecks havoc on our relationships. And it's our sin that separates us from God ultimately for eternity. But Jesus came. And he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He gave his body as a sacrifice to pay for that sin, to erase that sin, so that we could have community with God. And ultimately, 